Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. What's going on? How are ya? How's it going? Oh, Billy Freckles sitting on his pasty ass doing this fucking podcast on a Thursday. Um, much better mood. Much better mood than on Monday. Oh, my God. Billy fucking Blues Traveler there. Fucking head in the oven. Jesus Christ. You know? Face in the blender. Something. That's a big place to commit suicide, right? In the kitchen. If you had to do it, like, like top five appliances to kill yourself with. <laughs> we all know stove is number one. Right? They're like the Yankees. Most fucking championships. The most fucking deaths has got to be the stove. Right? I would say, uh, what's another way to do it? We could take the shelving out of your refrigerator, close the door, suffocate and cold. I don't think that's a good way to do it. Blender's too messy. Fall on a mop, you know, right on the handle. I don't know. It's fucking dark, man. Um, yeah. Kitchen in the bathroom. That's what people do it. And it's funny. That's, like, that's the number one thing that sells a house. Kitchens and bathrooms. And then, ironically enough, like, that's the number one and number two place where you might end up killing yourself in your dream house. <laughs> Speaking of houses, congratulations on that corporation that snatched up 3,500 homes in Las Vegas. Bought up 3,500 homes just like that. Just like that. Just fucking bought them right up. You know, just when you thought the banks were going to take away the American dream of owning a fucking house. Are, are the banks just tapping out now and whatever the name of this fucking corporation is? You know, that's something you won't see either fucking uh, Sleepy Joe or Crooked Donald. Those two dumb fucks, which evidently are going to be our, uh, our um, choices. This is what fucking bl- I don't I just don't get. Do you remember when Donald Trump got elected? Can you remember that far back? And all the liberals peed themselves and then all the fucking racist morons were like, it's going to be great again, man. Right. And nothing really happened. <laughs> I remember when he got elected, there was people going like this was fucking white people going. We're taking our country back because the last president was black. Now, what I don't understand was like, but the, that the country elected a black guy two times in a row. So where were all those angry white people that didn't want a black president? The same way I don't understand is if Biden beat Trump the last time, then they're like, oh, he's coming this time. He's going to win. It's like, well, where are all those liberals that fucking voted against him? Where are they going to go? You know, and then the Trump people are like, well, he didn't win it. They, they fucking stole it. And it's like, well, then why wouldn't they steal it again? Like none of it. Ma- it makes as much sense as the fucking prevent defense to me. All of these these um, these theories on why people get elected or why they don't get elected or why they're coming back. None of that shit 
fucking makes sense to me. You know, I was joking last night on that Epstein Island list. Everybody talking about this list that's coming out or it came out. It was just like, well, what was the fucking point of killing the guy if there was going to be a list? You kill somebody so the information doesn't get out. Like, none of it fucking makes sense. Now there's a list. Ah, oh, jeez. This is why I don't, I don't watch the news anymore. I am a simple man. I am a simple man. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe I'm smart. And I realize that there is no fucking way you can have any sort of intelligent discourse about anything anymore. So, at least not over social media. You know what I mean? Somebody sent me a clip of that UFC fighter and that that fucking liberal reporter going back and forth. And uh, everybody, you know, choosing up sides on that. And the whole fucking, it's just like, what just happened to just the fights? Like, why am I listening to political things? Why am I listening to somebody go, who did you vote for? It's like, it's none of your fucking business. And then, oh, that means you're fucking dead of water, woo. It's like, back in the day, like, that was an unbelievably private question. None of your fucking business. And you didn't walk around saying who you voted for. You didn't bring up politics. You didn't bring up religion. There was a fight. Muhammad Ali would make up jokes and rhymes about how ugly the other guy was and that he wasn't going to win. You know? <laughs> you kept it racial. He made it very, very racial. Joe Frazier's an Uncle Tom. He did all of that shit. All of that. that that's, you kept it at that. Um, and now it's all fucking changed where you got to walk around. Like I saw this fucking jerk off when I was up in the mountains there. It said, uh, oh God, what did it say? First of all, he had a Trump bumper sticker. So he let you know who we voted for. And then it was like California born and raised. And it was just like, this is like so fucking like teenage girl, you know, like, oh my God. So I was born in California, born and raised. These are my favorite bands. I mean, all over this guy's fucking Jeep. It was like, he was just letting everybody like, he's so fucking interesting. I don't give a fuck where you were born. I don't give a fuck who you voted for. All I give a fuck is that when the light turns green, you go. And don't try to pass me on the right. If you're on my bumper, I'm not going to brake check you. I'm going to go over to the right and I'm going to let you go by me. I've reached that level of maturity in my driving. It took 55 years, but I finally do it now. If somebody's on my fucking ass, um, I just go, you know what? They're in a fucking mood and they're going to cause an accident, but not with me. And I just, I just, I, I go into victory formation. I just take a knee. I just go right over to the right. And you know what? You know what? It's fucking liberating. Rather than getting into that huge fight. I saw that fight this morning. I was taking my wife out to coffee. This guy pulled out in front of me like a douche. I didn't beep at him. I'm like, all right. There was a move. And then he went to the left lane. Uh, it was a two little two-lane road. And then, you know, cut off somebody else. And that person just got on the horn. Wah! For like a quarter mile. So the guy starts brake checking him, Right? And what I loved, it was like, that could have been me, but I decided to not get involved. And now this guy's involved and it's in a different lane. So now I'm getting a free show. This is fantastic. So I got to give a shout out to the guy that, that uh, was brake checking him because he slowed down 
as the light was counting down. And I was going, Nia, watch, watch. He's going to make this guy miss the light. And it's exactly what he did. He waited for it to turn red, and then he punched it. <laughs> Left the guy at the light like Axel Foley in the first Beverly Hills Cop. Remember? Ah, shit. Can, why do I always try to drink a full can of fucking water laying on my back? Stupid. Speaking of that, I was out in a restaurant with my children, and I made the rookie dad mistake. My son had a full drink with no top on it, and I moved it away from the edge, and I made the mistake of not moving it all the way where he couldn't touch it. And I looked away for like a second and a half, and then I just heard, <laughs> I looked over, and it was all over him. <laughs> Oh, and then you got to go, you got to go outside. You got to go back up to the room. We got to change and all of that stuff. Uh, fortunately, Nia was like, don't worry, I'll do it. And I was like, are you sure? She goes, yeah, this food sucks anyways. And it did. It did suck. Um, and mine wasn't good either, which was amazing because I ordered avocado, to avocado toast. It's kind of amazing when somebody can fuck up a meal where literally the name of the meal is also all the ingredients. <laughs> Mine is some salt and pepper or whatever. They put tomato on it. It just, it, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. But like, I don't know. It was just one of those fucking places, you know. You get excited if you're going to go out to breakfast. But then when it's like mediocre or, or even worse, bad... You just you just feel wronged. Is it like how did like you don't even understand how it happened? Like what happened? I do have to tell you, it's it's how do how do you fuck up breakfast? I mean, everything about breakfast is delicious. Bacon, eggs, potatoes, pancakes, waffles, French toast. I mean, coffee. It's fucking it's the best meal of the day. Like what? What could you possibly, how could you fuck these up? I mean, all of those things, salt and pepper or butter and syrup, and it's done. It's seasoned. At the very least, the worst, it's just going to be really good. But every once in a while, you just go to a place and somehow, some way, they're going to figure out a fucking way to fuck it up. Eggs are runny. Toast is cold. I don't, they're going to fucking try to get cute and, 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 and put some, some weird-ass spice in there so they, they, can, they, can, they can seem, I don't know what, interesting? Don't, don't be interesting. Just be good. Just be good. Get the fucking job done. Four in the floor. Just lay it down. <laughs> oh, I went to the gym today, threw the fucking weights around a little bit, had a good time. Took my lovely lady out to breakfast after uh, we dropped the kids off at school. My son is like a fucking ACDC maniac now. Um, you know, he watched that clip of me uh, jamming with some of the guys from uh, 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 Skid Row, Scotty and Snake. You know, he played Highway to Hell and my son's been walking around the house singing Highway to Hell, but like doing it in like a little kid way, like... He doesn't quite sing it right. And then both my kids are uh, singing the ACDC song, Walk All Over You, because I, I got to play that 
at Dean Del Rey's uh, Bon Scott bash. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I watched that clip like fucking 200 times. I was so happy with my drumming. Like that's the best I've looked and sounded. And I also saw a lot of room for improvement and shit. So it was very, uh, anyway, but now it's really funny. Cause like, you know, ACDC in the morning is, uh, that's a lot. Now I can handle it cause you know, I grew up on that shit. But Nia, oh my God, it's fucking hilarious. We'll be in the car. My son's like, Dada, I want ACDC. What's an ACDC, Dada? <laughs> my wife is not a morning person, so she's just looking over me. So I try to, you know, you try to go easy. You try to go like Bon Scott ride on, like one of the few ballads they ever did. Um, but we usually end up... Uh, like, Brian Johnson is too much in the morning. You need to go Bon Scott. Uh, especially early Brian Johnson. Oh, my God. I mean, he's just fucking... as belting me lungs out. Remember he says that? Well, about getting in the studio, I looked over my shoulder. I felt like Bon Scott was standing there. I was telling you what, I just belting me lungs out. <laughs> fucking love that guy. So, um, anyway... Been doing a lot of that stuff. And also, when I was at the gym, I was listening to Judas Priest. Uh, here's a fucking... Um, and I know this sounds like really old guy shit, but all of you young people, this is what you're going to do. I, if, if you're lucky enough to live a long life, I don't give a fuck how much you pay attention to new music. When you go to the gym, you're going back to your teen years. You have to do it to get you to just get fucking pumped up to go to the gym. So underrated... Uh, Judas Priest song, I would say, is Turning Circles. That breakdown part was going, aha, 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 aha. Um, Turning Circles. Fucking Judas Priest rules. And if you saw Old Dad, Old Dads, you saw that we had the great Rob Halford made a cameo in that. We can talk about that now. The movie's been out long enough. And, um... I got to direct the scene via Zoom with him and C. Thomas Howell, um, two heroes of mine from when I was a kid. And uh, it was like I got to work face to face with C. Thomas Howell. He was just salt of the earth, fucking great dude. And then um, Rob Halford, I only got to do that via Zoom. And uh, he could not have been a cooler guy it was just it was awesome you know they always say you don't want to meet your heroes most of the times they're fucking cool it's just when they're not it's so devastating it kind of fucking <laughs> i think wipes out all the cool moments that you had but um but i i'm trying to think like i've only had a couple of times where i just had a bad interaction with someone um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but I kind of knew that was coming, and I knew not to approach him, but my wife just wanted a picture so bad. I'm like, this guy does not like to take pictures with people. Oh, oh my God. Whenever I see his face, I just, ugh, I just think like, oh, why did I go up to him? <laughs> anyway. However, that does not taint how I look at him as a basketball player. At all. At all. Um, I still think he's in the argument. Him or Magic is the greatest Lakers of all time. Um, I stand by that. Um, anyway, that's my fucking two cents. 
and I'm sticking with it. I did some stand-up last night. I was playing with that Epstein Island idea and uh, a couple of other things. It was just a really fun show down at the comedy store. Uh, Fahim Anwar's show where he just does like all fucking new jokes and stuff up in the belly room. And it was kind of the perfect thing because I just wanted to fuck around. And guys, I'm not, fu- I'm not kidding you. I haven't done another special. I already have like hour 20, 90 minutes and I've written like another new 20 minutes. And when I take my special this year, I don't give a fuck. Like 20 minutes of my act is going out the window and or whatever. I'm, it's just going to be all the good ones. I'm a big believer in that. Because I had a buddy of mine going, well, now you're writing like a new 20 minutes. Like, what are you going to do with that other stuff? I was like, just fucking let it go. I don't, it'll pop up at some point on something. I don't know what, but like, I am a big believer in you do your best shit. And I also, I'm a, I always felt that way when, um, you know, if you were doing like a five minute thing on Conan or Letterman or uh, Comedy Central or even like, um, when I got to host SNL, it's like you go out with your best shit. Don't save it for your special. Fuck that. You'll, you'll write other shit just because you'll have to because you burned it. And then um, what I like is if you only did it on like an SNL or Comedy Central, it becomes like this B-side bit for people to find years later when they, oh, they thought they watched all your specials. Like um, that Steve Jobs bit I did on... Um, I forget what channel that was on. And I like that one because every once in a while, like, someone will just f- randomly find it and be like, that wasn't on any of your specials, man. That was a great fucking bit. And blah, 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 blah. And I always get, like, psyched that... Uh, and then, so in the, I always feel like in the long run, it becomes a good thing because you just want, like, especially now because there's just so many fucking podcasts and everything. Everything you do has to be, in that moment, the, the highest quality you can you can put out there because the competition is, uh, is, uh, it's just, I don't know. There's just a zillion fucking people. So I, I don't think that you can kind of like, I remember back in the eighties, like you catch comics doing TV spots, overlapping bits. I actually repeat, I, you know, it's funny. Cause I never watched my fucking specials. I did a joke, two specials in a row though. <laughs> and I didn't even know I did. I couldn't remember. I, I, Added it onto something else, and some fan wrote him, Oh my God, he said, You did the same joke two specials in a row. I like cringed. And I just laughed. I was just like, All right, well, you know. <laughs> the world's an imperfect place. Um, so, you know, as much as I'm doing that, like, I, I, I definitely, uh, I definitely fuck up here or there, but, uh, well, more than here or there. So, anyways, I'm sitting here in my drum room. Um, just staring at my drums as I'm talking to you guys. And I got to be honest with you, like this was, I used to do this when I was a kid, when I thought I was going to make it in a band or something. I used to go downstairs. I was so into playing and it was like, cause I hadn't done stand up yet. So this was sort of my only like outlet of like, it's what I liked about it. I just felt it combined the art world and the sports world is what always appealed to me about drumming. And then just the whole primal thing about drums, um, especially the toms, um, how they made you feel and all of that. Uh, and I used to I used to go downstairs, my parents' unfinished basement, right? Um, 
I used to sit on like the, like, they were just like raw wood stairs, right? One of those types of houses. And I would eat dinner and I would just be sitting there staring at them. <laughs> like how you would look at like a classic car or some shit. Um, but anyway, you know what's funny? Like I, that's how I used to like judge a f whether a family was rich slash had their shit together because I knew my family, I knew we were crazy. Um, not necessarily bad, but we were fucking nuts. And I used to judge it by <clears throat> whether or not you had a finished basement. Like if I went over your house and you had like a normal amount of shit, there, like you could walk through a living room. Like we just had a bunch of shit. Now we had, you know, it was like, uh, I would remember how this, you ever watch Sanford and Son? All that shit. Like we didn't have it outside. It was, and it was like, my parents were like into antiques and stuff. So like there was this, <laughs> this hodgepodge of all different eras. Like it looked like a furniture store. They just were into antiquing. They just did that shit and they would fucking buy this stuff and somehow find like room for it. Like in our kitchen, we had a regular stove and then we had one of those old fashioned little rascal stoves that was like up on like legs. Um, and then that just became something, you know, he never used it. It just became something to stick books and all of this shit on top. Like hoarders. They were like sort of high-end, or I would say nostalgic hoarders, I think is the way to put it. It wasn't like high-end, but it was like, uh, it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> expression of consumerism. Um, so anyway, when I would, uh, that's why I fucking, to this day, I can't stand clutter. Because it was just, it, it just, over the years, it just kept going and going and going. And it just became like, like, there's no place to even just lay on the floor and stretch before I, I you know, go to the gym or something. Because it's just so much fucking shit. And um, so anyway, I would go over other people's houses and I would be fascinated with, with how they didn't have nearly as much shit. Um, and... Uh, and then you would go downstairs and they would have like a finished basement. And I used to always think like, why don't we do that? You know, because like, that's a big thing. You know, when you were a kid, you'd go to other people's houses and they always looked like they had their shit together. But my parents also didn't drink. And uh, a lot of my friends' parents, you'd go over their houses and they were like fucking, you know, they would still be getting blasted. And I thought that that was a cool thing when I was young. And then as I got older, I'm like, well, that's probably not <laughs> the best <laughs> example to show. Like, I was talking to one of my high school buddies, right? Like, I still, you know, talk to so many people that I went to high school with. Like, uh, I, I had a really, really cool graduating class. Um, and I was talking to one of them, and he was saying, like, how by the time he was in the fifth grade, he knew how to make a Manhattan. He could make a, dude, I can make a martini. I mean, what do you want? And it was just like, it was like one of the things, like when you had a kid, you know, aside from like wanting to teach him how to throw a ball, it was also like you had a kid, so you had a bartender or a bartender. And they used to have like, I remember I, I would go over this kid's house 
And his parents would be watching the game, and we would come in from playing, like, you know, baseball or football outside, back when kids played outside and shit, riding bikes, and they would come in, and they would be like, so-and-so, go make me a fucking blah, blah. He wouldn't say fucking, but go make me this or whatever. And he would go behind the bar, and I would just be fascinated with that world, like, holy shit. Like, his parents are over here fucking drinking. This is, this is cool. And uh, I don't know. It is still kind of cool. But it was a little too cool, if you know what I mean. You know, there's, 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 there's something about it. Like, uh, you know, it's good. You're socializing your kids young, but also... <laughs> I don't know. It didn't feel bad because alcohol was legal. Like, if they were saying, hey, can you roll me a joint? That would have seemed like, holy fuck, am I on, like, you know, some narco show? Because obviously it wasn't legal back then. But uh, anyway, I'm sitting here babbling. Let's do... Uh, Let's do um, let's do some reads here for the week. And uh, oh yeah, did I mention how I was listening to that that Jackson Five song, uh, "Dancing Machine," and James Gadson plays the drums on it, and just what a absolutely this a masterpiece. Um, what he plays on that, and uh, I've listened to that song a hundred times this week, and each time I hear something just a little that I, I that I missed. And um, I don't know. I know there's been documentaries about it, but that, that fucking time when there were those studio musicians just going around town, um, I still don't think that they, they... I know that they've done stuff about the Wrecking Crew. Um, I always forget the names. There was the guys in Motown, and then there was the guys out here, Hal Blaine and all of those guys, and that woman that played the bass. I should know her name. She fucking played on all of these albums. Um, you know, my uh, couple drummers that I've gotten to know have told me about it. The guy, one of my, my flight instructors, also an incredible piano player, he was involved in that scene, Randy Waldman. And he was talking about just going around town and how, like, there was so much work that he had, like, an open call to, like, some of these studios that did, like, commercial jingles. Like, if you can just go in, going from one session to another, if you can swing by, he could just go in and knock out, like, a fucking, you know, some sort of piano thing for a Crest commercial, and he would make money doing that, too. It was really just, just a, 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 a really an amazing time. Um, and now they, I think they just do it all on computers or whatever, but whatever. Times change. I'm not going to get depressed. I'm going to stay up, staying up. All right, look who it is, everybody. Look who it is. Oh, it's old Zip. Recruiter. Um, according to Forbes, <clears throat> January is the hottest month for hiring. Doesn't get any sexier than January. Um, and business owners and hiring managers are on the hunt for top talent, which is no easy task. If you're currently hiring, you can probably relate. It's challenging to find qualified candidates. That's why you need Zip. <laughs> Zip Recruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for your roles fast. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com/burr. Here is how Zip uh, why it's so effective at finding top talent. Uh, immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you candidates whose skills and experience match it. To encourage top candidates to respond to your job, 
uh, to your job post even sooner. Zip. Let's you send them a personal invite to apply. This month, find the talent you need to fill all of your roles with Zip. Uh, see for yourself why four to five employees who post uh, on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try Zip. Uh, for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash burp. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash burp, B-U-R-R, ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. That last one was a baby bird calling for its mother as a different bird of prey lands near the nest and it has a feeling that its feathers and its days are numbered. Um, anyway, all right, that's the podcast. How about those Buffalo Bills? Those fucking assholes. I decided at the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't think the Pats going to be that good. All right? I know I'm going to get my hat broken. I didn't see Bill Belichick leaving at the end. Uh, I am so relieved that that is over. I'm glad that that happened swiftly and, dare I say, eloquently. It all left on good terms. He had a nice press conference, and then they immediately had someone fill the role. I thought, I thought the whole thing was done is they, they ripped the Band-Aid off, which I thought was great for everyone involved, including the fans. So um, I decided that I was going to cheer on the Buffalo Bills. You know, let's cheer these guys on. You know, they haven't won. Let's finally, you know, give, get Buffalo a goddamn championship already, right? And then I experienced what it was like to be a Buffalo Bills fan. It's just like, I don't need this shit. So I kind of walked away from <laughs> in the middle of the season and, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't need to take this on, you know, I'm, I'm just like, you know, cause as I said, like I, there's something, you know, when your team sucks, like the regular season sucks, but I will tell you this, the playoffs playoffs are fantastic because I can just enjoy these games. I don't have to sit here and die a thousand deaths rooting for my team. My team is fucking long gone. Out of it since, like, you know, mathematically, probably since the second week of fucking October it was over. So I can just sit here and enjoy this. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm an underdog guy. So Bills have never won it, even though they sort of underperformed. Who gives a fuck? It's the second season now, and they're 1-0. So I'm rooting for them. I like the Texans. Uh, who else? I can't root for the 49ers because they're the favorites, I feel. Um... And Jesus Christ, the fucking Eagles. At least they put their fans out of their fucking misery. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a, uh, a rough one. I'm glad that they're going to stick with uh, uh, Nick Siriano. That, that made no fucking sense. Like, to, if, if they were going to get rid of him, that was all these idiots. Like, there was obviously, I mean, first of all, they go, you won your Super Bowl last year. Okay, yeah, great. And then he lost his offensive and defensive coordinator. Another reason why Belichick was so fucking great. You win the Super Bowl, everybody gets jobs. Charlie Weiss going to fucking, uh, where do you go? He went to Notre Dame, fucking Matt Patricia, where he went to the Lions or whatever. Everybody gets head coaching jobs in, in, in the college and the pros and all of that. Um, it's really hard to keep it going that long. So um, I was surprised the Cowboys are, are sticking with, uh, what's his face? Mike, uh, Michael McDonald. We're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Um, I, f I don't remember anybody's names. All right, sorry. Sorry for the bad impression. Tony Romo!
people couldn't get it done, and neither could Dak Prescott. Maybe we should trade for somebody else. Jerry has Botox in his face. All right, this is getting stupid. Okay, that's it, everybody. That's the podcast. I'm in my fucking garage here. I got to go back to uh, the writer's room. The other side of my garage into the office here. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. Have a great weekend, you cunts. And I'll talk to you on Monday. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, January 18th, 2016. How's it going? How are you? I am recording this Sunday afternoon and uh, in Vancouver, uh, Canada, doing two shows here tonight. It's halftime. Actually, third quarter just started of the uh, Broncos Steelers. I missed uh, Seattle and uh, Carolina. I know that must have been a great fucking game. It kills me. You know, you never know when you book the fucking gigs that a game like that is going to be on. But uh, I imagine that that was uh, as good as the score looked. And, of course, I'm up here in Canada, and uh, I don't know. They don't have – they just went to Boomer and all those guys at halftime, and all they did was interview Cam Newton. They asked him one question, you know, and he, he didn't answer, you know. He just talked, didn't give an answer about anything. They were like, what do you think you did the uh, the second half to, uh, you know uh, – Blah, 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 blah. And he just goes, well, you know, our offense and our defense and, of course, the special teams, you know, everybody's got a job to do. And uh, they get out there and they uh, try to get done. And, uh, unfortunately, today we were able to get out there and execute some of the things we've been working with all this week. And, uh, you know, next week we got another person that we're going to be playing. I should set a team, not a person. we got another team we're going to play. And uh, we just hope that, uh, you know, we're just going to try to keep it going because, uh, you know, we're uh, trying to win a championship here. And by then you're just like, I, did, what the fuck did I even ask you? Um. <laughs> I wonder if, you know, because athletes, anything they fucking say, they're going to take it out of context. So they just they get trained to just answer and not say anything, just like a politician. I wonder if you can fucking turn that off. You know, if you stay in the league long enough, if you drive your wife nuts, you know. Honey, do you know where my shoes are? Well, you know, you own a, you own a lot of stuff and uh, sometimes that stuff gets misplaced. But, uh, all you can do is just try to fire on all cylinders and try to find the things that you can have. And uh, if you can find them, you can find them. And if you can't, uh, then you got to move on to the next thing. But, uh, you know, as always, uh, I'm always looking towards next week and another thing that's going to be lost. And uh, if it's lost, uh, we're definitely going to do everything we can to find it. Uh, the offense, defense, and the special teams. You're not helping me. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm up here in Vancouver. God Damn it, it's fucking beautiful up here. Fucking gorgeous, man. Especially when you live in, uh, you know, where the hell I live, which was not designed to have really anybody living there other than, I guess, maybe some indigenous people sending smoke signals, you know, probably sending smoke signals that, you know, can you find any food? Because we can't. I'm sick of eating snake. And do you want to get the fuck out of here? How the fuck you do that with smoke signals? It must have been pretty goddamn simple, right? The smoke signals, if they even did it, or is that just another Hollywood thing that they threw a blunt? I mean, how do you even fucking do that? I guess you, you know, obviously you got to put the fire out, right? Oh, what? If, I, how the fuck would you do that? You know? All right, one big puff of fucking. So you got to know what kind of wood to burn. What a pain in the ass! Jesus Christ, you know when you get lost in Remember getting lost at the mall before a fucking cell phone? That was unbelievable. Forget about back then. If you get lost, you were fucked. Hey, anybody see, uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? 
Oh, fucking red face. Where'd he go? Done. I mean, how long do you look? You can't really yell. You're going to attract wild animals. Just walking around the woods. Hey, Eddie, Eddie, the fuck are you? This isn't funny, man. Um, anyways, but you come up here after uh, leaving the desert. Um, whenever I see the, say the desert, I always think of uh, that awesome, that great Greg Giraldo, rest his soul joke, where he just did that whole thing about uh, how eloquent the words, the words, the notes were that uh, soldiers wrote during the Civil War. You know, versus some of the letters from people coming back from re- Iraq. Uh, what am I? I can't remember how the fuck it went. It's really hard to be out here with your ball sticking to your leg out here in, in the in the desert. <laughs> you know, I remember the difference between desert and dessert. Two S's for dessert, more calories. Right? There you go. That's how I do it. And don't even ask me to spell restaurant because I won't even fucking remember. So anyways, I'm up here in Vancouver. So we go to fucking land um, and just... Oh, my God, all the lush greenery, all the lakes, all the water, everything we don't have down in L.A., beautiful houses. I guess it's expensive as shit up here. And they were saying how um, a lot of Asian people, um, you know, not indigenous, foreigners, you know, they got to get rid of their fucking money. They got to wash their money or I don't know what the fuck it is. Their government's going to take it all. So they uh, use this place up here like a Swiss bank and they buy like super expensive places for cash. Um, which drives the housing market up. It's fucking nuts, man. Anytime you go to another country, you just hear the shit that they're fucking dealing with. I just, you know, you always think like you come up here, Canada's going to have no fucking problems. You know, you watch one Michael Moore documentary that just gives you a complete, like, misinterpretation of what the fuck is going on up here. Um, so they, I guess they had to make some sort of law Um that you couldn't do something like that. I can't, I can't remember what the fucking person told him. Went all the way, all the way to the fucking Supreme Court. It was like a group of people from Asia that were so rich that they actually sued an entire country for not letting them either come into the country or uh, buy a bunch of shit over here that drove the housing market and stuff up or something like that or buy their citizenship. I can't even fucking remember. But that's the charm of this podcast. You know, I get a little information. I barely remember half of it and I just fucking run with it. That's all. Um, so anyways, um, so it went all the way to the Supreme Court and then they were just finally like, uh, yeah, you kind of have to be from this country for us to give a fuck about you, you know, to like win a lawsuit. So, uh, see you later. And that's, and it ended, I guess the lawyer for them knew the whole way going all the way up that it wasn't going to happen. You know, they weren't going to win it. He just took their money. He probably had to sit there and work on his, uh. I'm disappointed we lost Two-Face, you know, as he took all their fucking money. But anyways, so let's talk about NFL football. Um, the fucking uh, Patriots, they won, God damn it. Thank Christ they won. Thank Christ they won and Seattle lost. Thank Christ. You know, if we're going to keep advancing. I just didn't want Seattle to get the revenge. I can't remember if I've already said this. I just didn't want to see Seattle get the revenge on a banged-up Patriot team. If we come in healthy and they kick our ass, good on them. But, uh, you know, congratulations to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they got to be the favorites at this point. Come on, they're 16 and fucking 1, right? Got that young defense. They're not scared of shit. They just beat Seattle, right? 
Who knows? But um, I don't know shit about football. I've, I've just been so fucking busy. So I'm, I'm still going to talk about it. You guys can keep trashing me that I don't know shit. I don't give a fuck. Um, and by the way, this is why I never record on a day that I flew. Because my brain is even more all over the place than it usually is. Especially when I got a fucking TV going on in the background. But, uh, you know, I got, I got a busy fucking datum. I fly back tomorrow. I got a busy fucking day. So I apologize if this is all over the place even more than usual. I as a first down for the Steelers and more. The 40, 40, the 30, the fucking 25. I hope somebody else up here gives a shit about NFL football. I know their CFL ends in like, is it the end of November? They have the Grey Cup, which is their Super Bowl. Or is it uh, December? I don't know. Do people even give a shit? You ever see the fucking stadiums for their football teams up here? It's like you sit in the stands. You can see your car. You know, one of those deals where there's like a fucking... You watch them kick a field goal and you're looking at traffic driving by on the street. <laughs> like those old school football stadiums. Uh, from like the 60s and 70s. You know, where they, they would have like the horseshoe-shaped stadium. Which was... I think what happened with with, this, with football stadiums was when there wasn't that many people in the or and also the leagues were small, they just had people sitting on both sides, right? You had the home side and the visitor side, and that was it. And then as there's more and more people, population got bigger, the leagues got bigger, then they built end zone seats that connected both sides. I think they just did it on one side first, then you had the horseshoe, right? Like the fucking uh, Broncos played in, the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes still call it their horse. They still call it a horseshoe, even though they fucking closed it in. And then eventually there was people. People did so much fucking that they had to close, you know, and there's so much ESPN that got everybody fucking interested in it that isn't even interested in it. Then all of a sudden Beyonce's singing at fucking halftime, you know, and there's a bunch of people in the crowd that are excited by it, you know? Um, a fucking old ass Rod Stewart. Who the fuck are they dragging out? They always either go with somebody young or they just fucking drag somebody who, out who's on their last fucking legs, like their last big payday, you know? They just fucking wheel them out there. Who are they going to do this year? Uh, Night Ranger? It's either going to be like Night Ranger or Drake. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, wait, I think it is Beyonce. You know, I know because Nia wanted to go to the Super Bowl because Beyonce was there. I'm like, why don't you go see her in concert? You're going to make us go to the fucking Super Bowl and then we're going to watch her lip sync one fucking song. How the fuck did Sean Penn interview that drug lord? How do you do something like that and the government isn't like, hey, you know, we're trying to find that guy. You know, and you're sitting there palling around with them. Probably bought him like Fast Times at Ridgemont High DVDs. Right, for his underground lair. <laughs> Dude, I love Sean Penn as an actor, but how out of your fucking tree are you that you're going to go and interview that fucking guy? You know? I, I did, that's, I'm trying to think how many fucking stand-up specials I would have to put out before I could go. I would go fucking interview somebody in like I, the... Well, I guess ISIS is actually fighting, but we're fucking with them too, you know? I would just think, I'm going to walk in there with my microphone. They're all going to laugh at me, and then they're going to saw my fucking head off. Or even worse, tie me to a chair. Fucking torture me to death. That's insane. Hey, good on him. 
Also, I don't understand. Is it El Chapo? That's his name. He sounds like such a gentleman, huh? El Che is a good chap. El Chapo. Um, I don't fucking get it, man. What are you doing? Why? Why did he go down there and interview that guy? And like, how 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 well does Sean Penn's movies do? That drug dealers on the run. He's on the run from our government, right? Isn't this the guy who escaped? I don't fucking know. You know what's going on is my fucking internet won't let me sign on. So I can't fucking see anything. I can't see the fucking highlights. Nothing. You know, while I'm up here is I fucking got one goddamn channel and a bunch of Tim Horton fucking commercials, which is their Dunkin' Donuts. See if I can sign on here. Isn't El Chapo the guy that like, that we would, that keeps escaping from jail? Is that the guy? El Chapo, come on, man. Come on. Ah, this connection is untrusted. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's probably some psycho from Alberta trying to hack in here. That seems like they're Texas to me when you're up here. It's all fucking oil men and ranchers and shit. Um, and then you got Edmonton. Edmonton seems like it's nice. You know what I mean? Like that's their like business hub. You know, I'm totally judging these just by doing like driving through and, and doing a little bit of stand up out here. Like when I did stand up in Calgary, great people, but fucking animals. Jesus fucking Christ. They were animals. I don't know. It's because the place that we performed at, there was like no carpeting or nothing. They were fucking. I think it was also because it was bring your own beer. Fucking animals. I would never fuck with anybody from Calgary. I saw the way they behaved when they were in a good mood, ex- excited for a show. Don't ever fuck with anybody from Calgary. <laughs> I went to Edmonton. It was civilized. Calgary. Jesus Christ. They had everything but a hooker swinging from a swing. You know, back in the old days with the saloons, we had the whores, you know, way overdressed. Once again, it might just be a fucking movie thing. So much so much of my history is, is, is based on that. By the way, I can't get on the fucking internet, but for some reason... I can fucking, uh, I can do it over the, uh, I can do it on my phone. Let me look up El Chapo here. Like I said, he sounds like such a chap. I just think like that English thing. Hey, El Chapo. He's a Mexican chap. How Mexico secretly launched a crackdown after Penn met El Chapo. How El Chapo was finally captured again. That was one day ago. Will El Chapo rat out rival cartels, corrupt officials. It's got to be a lot of stress being this El Chapo guy, huh? Joaquin Guzman. You know, I got to say, he looks like a Mexican Robert Blake, like during the Beretta years. Now when he says, uh, yeah, that's me who's also on the phone and then starts laughing. How else? This is when you know you lived a fucking crazy life. This is just the front page of this guy's, if you search this guy's name. How El Chapo was finally captured again. Will El Chapo, oh, I read those, uh, El Chapo Guzman, Sean Penn talks about him, El Chapo had erectile dysfunction surgery while on the run. Well, that's nice, now he took a pit stop, you know, guy takes care of himself. How nervous was that doctor, working on that maniac's dick? Uh, El Chapo speaks, Rolling Stone, Sean Penn has terrible regret about meeting El Chapo. Well, what did he think he was going to meet? <laughs> He's going to get some fucking Sherry's Berries, the hunt for El Chapo. Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, the truth about the jailbreak. There's nothing here about uh, 
An older, wiser El Chapo puts out a little singer-songwriter. Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, you don't realize how fucking finished we are? Just as, as, a, as, as, a, just as a race. Not as a race. As humanity. That's what I'm trying to say. Just as people. We're fucking done. You know, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone this month has Sean Penn talking to El Chapo. And Leonardo DiCaprio's on the cover, and they're billing him. He has a plan to save the planet. <laughs> what are we doing? What the fuck is our government not doing? That A-list fucking uh, actors have to talk to drug lords and try to save the planet. I mean, there's got to be how many leaks are in the fucking dam at this point? I don't know about you guys. That does not make me feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Boomer Esiason. To uh, figure out how to co- uh, fucking colonize Mars. That's the next thing that they're going to have in the Rolling, Rolling Stone. You know, why, why the fuck do I want to hear that? Can I hear a scientist? You know? How about have a Navy SEAL interview El Chapo? I don't know, Bill. How about you shut the fuck up? All right, I will. I don't know. I get unsettled. I get unsettled then. I, then I have problems with digestion. Um, I can't even remember what the fuck I was going to look up. What was I initially looking up before I got to El Chapo? Jesus Christ, some of the stories on that guy. You know, it's right up there with that fucking Rod Stewart rumor from way back in the day. Remember that one? I think it was, I can't even remember Rob Stewart. I think, yeah, they found like a gallon of jizz in his stomach. His stomach had to be pumped. You know, a gallon. <laughs> he went to Trader Joe's and bought some uh, fucking all-natural organic fuck. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, he got a gallon of it. You know, no, he went to, uh, where's those, what's that place where you buy everything in bulk? Those fucking whales are pushing around those pallet jacks buying Cheerios. You got to get a membership to it. It begins with a C. It's not Cunties. What's, what's the name of that? Sh- I never go to the fucking place. Once I had to go in there and get a membership, they wanted all this fucking information. Um, oh, Christ. What the fuck is it called? Not Coat Check. I'm never going to remember it. You know what I'm saying. That just kills the jokes, Bill. When you can't remember the fucking references, it just, it absolutely kills it. Costco. Hey, he went to Costco. He bought one of those big fucking uh, gallons of fucking jizz. And on a dairy, chugged it. Anyway, so they hit something on El Chapo. El Chapo, they said, uh, I can't remember. Like, just fucking killed this person's whole family. Took their kids. And, and somebody, this is why I don't believe it. Like, took his kids and then flew them to, uh, to Colombia and then threw him off a bridge. It's like, really? There's not any bridges in uh, Mexico? You never know what to believe. But I got to tell you, when you go south of the U.S., you do not want to piss anybody off as far as I can tell. That's some next-level shit. And I can say that because I just read papers from the United States. <laughs> they, uh, that's just, that's just next-level like, you know, you're mad at somebody and then, you know, how you get your revenge is just some next. I, I read that uh, Killing Pablo one time. I had to put the book down like three times. Some of the shit they just said that the guy did. Now, I don't know if the fucking guy did this shit, but I remember one time hearing that the guy had a party. All right. And everybody's out there by the pool, standing around, you know, 
and uh, what's his face there? Pablo Escobar's standing there. You know, everybody's ignoring the weight that he's putting on as he sits there in his fucking Hager action slacks. You know, he seemed to like those. He stretched. And, uh, you know, still tucked him in right at the waist. You know what I mean? Tucked him right in the waist. Didn't push the pants down. Didn't do the fucking shirt untucked. He tucked it right in. And uh, they said that he, he allegedly found one of his, uh, one of the people, you know, one of his, not his, but one of the maids, I don't know what, allegedly was stealing. So they tied this guy's legs together and his arms behind the, his back and they threw him in the house pool and just watched him drown as everyone was standing there at the party. You know? I'd say there must have been a lot of ice shaking and drinks after that one. Like, <laughs> so is this a Victorian house? Pablo, Mr. Escobar, I don't want to go in the pool. Um, yeah, people getting their faces ripped off. Is it torture and death? They're like peeling their fucking faces back. This is not funny. This is not what this podcast is about. Um, why is this fucking Steeler Denver game so fucking boring? Is it because I have the sound down? I just don't give a fuck. The AFC is just the walking wounded. Roethlisberger is a fucking man. Look at the guy just getting bumped by linemen. He stays in there. That guy, he has like fucking, he stays in the pocket like Steve Grogan used to, used to stay in the pocket. Did anybody remember that? Any old Pats fans out there? You'd fucking sit there. And, this is back when you could literally, you could hammer a fucking quarterback. Drive your helmet right under his chin and then lift him off the ground and pile drive him into the fucking AstroTurf. Which is like getting tackled in a parking lot that's been uh, painted green. And Steve Grogan, I remember he would go back for a pass. This is back when he had that fucking neck brace. And he had such a long neck, he could still see like six inches of neck, right? Even with the neck brace. And there'd be some defensive lineman just running full speed right at him. And he, he would just hang on to it, hang on to it, hang on to it. And then he would throw the ball. And the camera would follow the football. And right as he let it go, you'd see just the beginning of that fucking lineman drilling him and he'd go flying right out the right side of your screen or left side depending on which way he was going down the field to stanley morgan you know russ francis one of those fucking guys right harold jackson who else did we have back then i can't even fucking remember hasselbeck we had hasselbeck whose son was the one who said uh we want the ball and we're gonna score Don Hasselbeck, I think, was his dad. All right. Anyways, where, where the fuck am I? Um, yeah, Roethlisberger's like that. That guy stands in the pocket and takes a fucking hit. And speaking of which, too, uh, I know there's a lot of Kansas City fans who are probably pissed off at the calls Tom Brady got and the lack of calls that Alex Smith got. And uh, I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, you're absolutely right. But that is not Tom Brady's fault. Okay? And I'm hoping most of you guys in Kansas City can hear what I'm saying because... You're not as upset because you got to see your baseball team win the World Series, all right? So you got that going for you. Half of your professional teams won championships this year. That's pretty fucking good, right? Um, Tom Brady earned those calls, okay? This is the, if you want Alex Smith to get those calls in the future, in the future, he has to make the NFL owners a lot more money than he is, and that's just a simple fact. And uh, people call it the Tom Brady rules. It isn't. It's the superstar rules. You know, Jordan gets away with the push, right? 
When was the last time Kobe Bryant? What does Kobe Bryant have to do to get, you know, well, he's not healthy anymore. But back in the day, you could be standing in the lane before the fucking game starts. <laughs> and if he runs into you, that, they're going to call it on you. He'd literally have to take, he'd have to fucking tie an axe to the front of his knee and fucking jump into you and cut your head off before, you know, if there was a way to call offsetting, they would have. It's just, it's just how it works. But, um, I have to say, as much as he earned the calls, that one where he was getting sacked and he switched it to his left hand and threw it and they still gave him the call was fucking ridiculous. I, even as a Patriots fan, I was at home going, oh, what the fuck? Give me a break. But, you know, I'll take it. Of course, I'll take it the same way you would have. Um, but uh, I don't know. Kansas City's a great team. And they have, you know, Alex Smith, I think, is going to be a really fucking great quarterback. Um, but you got to have it all, man. You got to have the coach and the ownership and all that bullshit. And lucky enough that we have that in uh, in New England. So there you go. That's me trying to not be a cunt. All right. And, uh Oh, God, I can't wait to go home and watch that fucking Carolina Panther game, man. I think you're going to see, like, all these people that they were saying are the heir apparent to fucking uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I think it's uh, I think it's what's-his-face there on the Panthers. I can't even remember his fucking name. What is wrong with me? He went to Auburn, right? He does the Superman thing. Cam Newton. There we go. Um... Anyways, oh, I thought I'd let you guys know this. I'm supposed to read this shit here, but of course I gotta type in my fucking password, which takes forever. Come on, for fuck's sakes. I gotta have a fucking 20 letter password and numbers, because God knows everybody wants to break into my computer and read my dick jokes here. Um, oh, Andrew asked you guys, he said, please ask the listeners to put relevant subject lines in their emails if they want them read. Putting hey doesn't help with a thousand. Thousands a week, trying not to miss any of the good ones. Thanks. Um, I probably could have nicened that up a little bit. He sort of texted me that really quickly. Um, yeah. So if you, if you guys have a subject, whatever, uh, you know, anything, you know, fuck Tom Brady, Tom Brady rules or something like that. You know, if you just do that instead of writing like, hey, dot, dot, dot. And then in the email, be like, what the fuck was with those calls? You know what I mean? Oh, Bill, we get it. Also, if you'd like to follow the, the uh, Monday Morning Podcast on Twitter, um, it's at the MM Podcast. Um, all right. And with that, it's time for uh, my attempts at reading out loud. And mercifully, that's the end of me reading out loud for this week. Um, here's a stat I had to look up because Dom Irera sent me a, uh, a text not trying to drop names here. By the way, I'm on his podcast this past week. Uh, Dom Irera sent me a text this morning. He goes, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen in the NFL have a Hail Mary pass, throw a successful Hail Mary pass once in their career, forget about twice in the same season? And uh, I had to go look it up. I was like, I got I to gotta find this out, man. I got to find out... Uh, you know, if anybody's ever done it, because I, I was like, there's no way anybody's done it in my lifetime of watching the last 30 something years of watching football. Holy fuck. I've been watching football for 38 years. Oh, my God, I'm old. I started watching it religiously in about 1978. Um, yeah, about that. 78, 79. Jesus fucking Christ. 
Um, put it this way. The first Super Bowl I watched was Super Bowl twelve. And they're at 50. So there you go. Wow. This is going to be my, uh, what would that be? My 50, not 51st, you fucking idiot. My 39th Super Bowl, 50 minus 12, plus I watch 12, right? Yeah. So that, there you go. Yeah. There's a lot of people right now actually think I'm wrong, but it's true. It's my 39th I'm going to be watching. Anyways, let's plow ahead here. Um, So I looked it up. Successful Hail Marys. Okay, um, there's only one guy that I saw since they started keeping the stat in 1975, at least on Wikipedia. I didn't go to, to the footballreference.com, which I love. Um, the one guy who's ever done done it twice since they kept the stats in 1975, Steve Bartkowski. Steve Bartkowski. And there's no way to picture Steve Bartkowski and not have the song, this song go through your head. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could be so free. Throwing the ball to Billy White Shoes Johnson and to another guy. Yeah, he looked like the greatest American hero. He did it in 1978 against the Saints, and then he did it again in 1983 against the 49ers in the uh, NFC West which back then was only four teams. It was the Los Angeles Rams, the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, and the San Francisco 49ers. The quarterbacks were Steve Bartkowski, uh, 78. Steve Bartkowski, Archie Manning, and I think they had a quarterback controversy. Pat Hayden, Vince Ferragamo, back and forth. Uh, for Vince Cavaragama tried to take the money and went to the fucking CFL. Oh, Jesus. Never saw him again. And uh, it would be Steve DeBerg or Jim Plunkett in 78. I did this with fucking Joe Bartnick one time. We tried to name all the starting quarterbacks in the NFL in 1978. We went around the league. So I think it was AFC East was Burt Jones, Bob Greasy, Steve Grogan, Richard Todd, and Joe Ferguson for the Bills. Then it was Terry Bradshaw, Dan Pastorini. Who the fuck was quarterback for the Browns? It was either Mike Phipps or uh, Brian Sipe. And then the Bengals was Kenny Anderson, Kenny the Candle. As Collinsworth said, they call him Kenny the Candle because one blow and he was out. You ever see that one on NFL films and they cut to Kenny Anderson? He's like, oh, fuck Collinsworth. (laughs) Um, And let's see. It was Craig Morton. I'll just do the AFC because I know this is fucking driving everybody nuts. But this is my – I have to do it now because now it's in my head. Craig Morton was with the Orange Crush Broncos. Ken Stabler. Kenny Snake Stabler for the, uh, the Raiders. Dan Fouts. The great Dan Fouts, Air Coriel with the Chargers. Jim Zorn with Seattle. And then, ah, fuck, there's always one that gets me. Who the fuck was with the Chiefs? It was before Blackledge. It was after Len Dawson. Who the fuck was the quarterback? There's a good one for you. There's some poor bastard in Kansas City right now screaming it. Who the fuck was it? I even I think like the, the Buccaneers had Gary Huff. 
Lynn Dickey was out in Green Bay. Jim Hart was in... How the fuck do I remember those? I don't remember Kansas City. Kansas City... I gotta look this up. Kansas City chief quarterback. Hey, it's gonna get better, guys. I played drums this week out, and I played with uh, Colin Hay from Men at Work. All right? I'm gonna tell a story in a second here. Just fucking deal with this here. Kansas City Chiefs QB... 1978. Why do I care? Why do I fucking care? List of Kansas City Chief quarterbacks. This is fucking made for me. Who's the last person who fucking went to this? Starting quarterback season to season. Jesus, they've had some guys here, huh? Joe Montana, Warren Moon, Rich Gannon. All right, here we go. Here we go. Backing it up. Backing it up. 1970, ah, I'd never get this. Mike Livingston and Tony Adams. This is the one that always fucking gets me. Lenny Dawson left in 1975, and then Mike Livingston took over. You know, there was a guy who played for the Bengals that Bill Walsh was talking about. He only played for one season. He got fucking injured, and Bill Walsh to this day still said he's the greatest quarterback that he ever coached, but he's probably still trying to motivate, or he was anyways, he passed away, probably still trying to motivate fucking Montana or a young, even after they retired. <laughs> Get him to rake the leaves better that day or some shit. Um, I can't remember the guy's fucking name, but that's one to look up. Uh, anyways, so yeah, this this week I did a Greg Barron's show at Largo, and uh, one of those things too. It's not quite like the goddamn Comedy Jam. This was one where they actually have people, uh, for the most part, it's musicians coming out and telling funny stories. And this is something that Greg did a number of years ago, and uh, he's brought the show back. And um, so anyways, let me let me get the lineup here so I don't fuck this up. I did take a picture of it. I'm so fucking disorganized. I apologize. Um, all right, so it was Colin Hay, Tom Morello. Myself and Chris Fairbanks, another comedian. So it was two comedians and then uh, two musicians. And I got to uh, I got to play uh, with the band, told some stories. And I got to play with the band. And then afterwards, I got to play with Colin Hay. And we played uh, Who Can It Be Now? Which was uh, just beyond a fucking thrill. And he, he was the nicest fucking guy. So generous to let me play. Um. And he had this really cool way he, that he wanted to bring me out. He goes, uh, he just went out there. He was telling stories. He was fucking hilarious. And then he just randomly goes, you know, and I had the weirdest dream last night. I was dreaming. I was, you know, playing a show. And uh, I was playing, you know, who can it be now? And the crowd claps because it's such a huge hit. And he goes, the weirdest thing, you know, Bill Burr was on drums. Like, you know, and I just waited a second. Then I just walked out. And sat down. Everybody started laughing. And then he told this great story. I'm not going to repeat the story just because I, it's his story. So I'm sure if he wants to tell it on a podcast, he can. But he tells this fucking hilarious story that ends with the word cunt. And he told me, after I say cunt, <laughs> basically you do the drum fill intro and then we'll go into the song. And uh, then he played it. And it went off, went off pretty good, man. It actually, uh, I don't know. It's fucking unreal, man. I played like 20 years by myself in a rehearsal space. 
until it finally dawned on me that I'm supposed to be out interacting with other fucking people. So now, uh, then I've kind of opened Pandora's box. I just, I told you, I made this rule that I'm not going to ask to sit in, but if somebody asks me to play, I'm going to fucking play. All right. That includes if I come to your town and if I'm drinking at a bar, if I go out to a bar and your local band is playing, if you come up to me and ask me to sit in with your band, I'm going to fucking do it. All right. And I'm, and this is a warning. <laughs> it's a warning. I'm going to do it and I'm going to fuck up. So, you know, if you want a story, I'll fucking do it because it's fun as hell to me. And it's weird. I don't feel any pressure whatsoever because I'm a comedian. Well, what's the pressure? He's going to sit down and play drums. He's going to stink. Of course he is. Everybody already knows it. So it's fine. Um, plus, everybody just looks at the singer anyways. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And I've been uh, getting psycho back into lessons. And um, I told you I've been taking, um, I've been taking some lessons. Um, you remember a long time ago when I watched that Mars Volta video? And... Uh, I was talking about their drummer, who was Dave Elich at the time. I was going, holy fuck, look at this guy's fucking unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. Well, from doing that, he must have heard the clip. He reached out to me on Twitter, and lo and behold, he lives in L.A. And every once in a while, I go by and I take a lesson with the guy. And uh, he's a fucking unbelievable teacher, and he's been teaching me techniques. So, my, you know, I'm one of those guys, I grab the drumsticks the same way like a toddler would, with just my fit, meaty fucking fist just right over both of them and it was causing my arms to be doing all the work and my forearm if any drummers are listening to this if you have like that fucking you know that pain in your forearms and all that you know that's i was kind of going through that shit and he is teaching me this technique where you're letting the stick do the work and it's holding it in this particular way that does not seem fucking natural at all and um, it has been a motherfucker. But, you know, incrementally, I've been it's gradually working its way into my playing. And uh, it's been it's totally been worth it. And we've been going through this jazz book. And um, like most students, like I work on something for three seconds and then want to go on to the next thing so I can have that sense of accomplishment and just get through a whole fucking page. And, uh, and I was moving ahead and every time I'd go to the lesson, I would still not have the, the first thing down. And I've been taking lessons, you know, on and off since the summer. I mean, I get busy and I can't go for like a month or something, but, um, I'm still on that first page and it finally dawned on me in the past week to, to be like, dude, just work on this one fucking thing and fuck everything else. And I just sort of sat down 15 minutes a day, just working on this thing, um, you know, making a little bit of an improvement and then being fuck and having to start over and blah, 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 and all that shit. And um, I actually had a great lesson this week where I think he actually was saying that I was I was finally starting to improve, which made my fucking week. So anyways, um, I don't even know where the fuck I'm going with this. I'm rambling all over the place. What are we up to here? 45 minutes. Jesus Christ, Bill. Can we fucking get on with this here? Um, oh, by the way, somebody told me to watch the show Top Boy, T-O-P, Boy, on Netflix. And uh, I went on Netflix for the life. Of, I, can, I can figure out how to search when I'm on the internet. I can't fucking do it when I'm on the TV. I don't. How do you search when you're on the TV? If anybody knows, I would really appreciate it. But anyways, I'm going to be um, 
I'm going to be playing out again this week. Uh, I'm doing that Bonzo Bash thing. I'm hosting the Bonzo Bash, co-hosting it. I don't even know who I'm co-hosting with. It's going to be in Anaheim this Friday night. And um, uh, Brian Tishy's wonderful event where all these drummers that I grew up watching sit down and play Led Zeppelin songs, which is going to be the shit. I'm going to get to host it. And uh, with somebody else, it's going to be fucking awesome. So, and I will be sitting in for one song once again, risking total humiliation, which, you know, I'll probably make an ass of myself. Who gives a fuck, right? Um, but anyways, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about. Fucking the Arizona Cardinals Packers game. I started to talk about it. And, uh, you know, you would think last week after watching that dude on the Bengals intercept the ball and then fucking walk into the locker room like, well, I guess that's that, right? <clears throat> You'd think that these these damn kids today, they'd learn something. Patrick Peterson, who I fucking love, LSU kid, right? Incomplete fourth down, that ought to fucking do it. Two and a half minutes left. This guy's walking down the sideline, waving to the crowd, doing damn near blowing kisses to the crowd like it's over. When he's playing the Packers and Aaron fucking Rodgers. Fucking hilarious. Two and a half minutes of football left and he's walking around doing that. And what happened? Two minutes and 25 football seconds later, he gets beat on a jump ball in the fucking end zone on a Hail Mary to send it into overtime. Um, fucking unbelievable. How many times is somebody going to fucking do that? How many times are you going to run down the field? You got the football. You're not past the goal line. You already start holding it out. And Don Beebe slaps it out of your hand or you fucking, you know, you, you spike it over your, the, the, you, you know, over your back. You know, that one where you throw it down over your shoulder and you you, you, you big toes across the end zone. But the ball is. And how many fucking times are you going to see people do that? I just don't understand why. I don't get it. So anyways, let's plow ahead here. Uh. All right, here's some of the questions or, or the letters for this week. All right, pasta. Bill, if you want to get good at making pasta, of course I do. Begin with uh, Gennaro Contaldo's videos on FoodTube. All right. I don't know if I said I probably didn't say it right. It's G-E-N-A-R-R-O, and then the last name is C-O-N-T-A-L-D-O-S. No, D-O apostrophe S, Contaldo's. Uh, the guy taught me so much. I even wished him a happy birthday. Uh, also, pay attention to s- sorts of flour you're using. Cheers to you and your Mondays. Yeah, what's going on? Some people use flour. Some people use that semolina. Some people use a mixture of both. I tell you, I, I like doing it. I think it goes back to when I was a kid. I was one of those kids that liked playing in mud puddles. You know what I mean? So it was, uh, there's just something about that. I think that's why like, I, I like making like, pie crust and shit like that. It's just a big, gooey fucking mess. It's fun. Um, but I'll definitely, uh, I'll check that out if I can get online here. All right, cooking Asian food. All right, Bill, how are you, you freckled cunt? Jesus. Jesus. No happy new year? Um, huge fan from Belgium here. Nice. Bedlam in Belgium. ACDC. Flick of the Switch album. How many fucking balls are you going to drop on Peyton here? This could be his last game ever. What are you doing? Jesus Christ. And when did shoulder pads get so small? 
You ever see shoulder pads on people in the fucking... The shoulder pads were so big, the shirt didn't even cover your belly. Used to run around with half shirts on. By the way, can Gronk pull his pants up or get a longer fucking jersey? He's starting to look like a waitress at Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Huge fan from Belgium here. Um, I'm saying he's showing his midriff. That's probably the wrong wrong reference. Who knows? You know the little ass country that people know uh, about because of Austin Powers? Oh, I thought I I knew them from. Uh, I thought isn't that's not Brussels, the muscles from Brussels that was the guy who used to, who's the guy who used to do the splits. The fuck is the guy's name? He wasn't. I must break you. He wasn't Steven Seagal. He was the other guy from Bloodsport. Who gives a fuck? Belgium. Yeah, Luxembourg and Belgium, right? Right there, uh, tucked in there, right there, uh, Battle of the Bulge, right there near France and uh, Germany. My nuts? In between uh, Amsterdam and uh, fucking Denmark there, Copenhagen. Yeah, you're tucked right there, staring at the fucking uh, bad teeth of the, uh, the English, aren't you? Looking across the channel. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Maybe if I had a map, I could find it, you know? All right. Loved F is for family. Please come to our, our freckle of a country. Uh, dude, I'm definitely going to go there. I'm definitely going to go there without a fucking doubt. I'm, uh, I'm, we're waiting to hear about the second season for efforts for family. The pitch went fucking great. Uh, went out of there. We were all excited. I got a great feeling about it and I'm going to let you guys know as soon as I find out. Um, I, but I got a good feeling about it. So, uh, and I'm definitely going to do a European tour. I did Australia and Asia last year. So this time it's time to head the other way. I'm going to do, uh, Europe this time, and I want to hit all the countries I've been to. I'd like to add a few more, and I also want to do a little bit of Eastern Europe. But uh, if we do get a second season, I don't know how many episodes that would be. I think it'd be at least 10, and then, you know, we got to sit down and write them. And uh, if we want to make it as good as the first season, you know, and even better, which, of course, we do, it's going to take a lot of time. So i got to kind of figure out, you know, uh, once they give us the yay or nay on that. But like I said, i got to really, really – Really positive vibes. Uh, a lot of laughs in the room, and um, which is always good. So anyways, he said, the guy says, anyway, I've heard you talking about cooking more Asian food. Oh, wait, this is a different one. Um, oh, it's the same guy. Sorry. Any, this is the same guy from uh, Belgium. He goes, anyways, I've heard you talking about wanting to cook more Asian food on your podcast. Since I love cooking as well, please allow me to recommend you some. Korean cuisine has a lot of spicy food. Oh, yeah, kimchi and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I've, I've been to those Korean barbecue and all that stuff. I, I, I love all of that stuff. But to, it's just so different from the stuff here. I'm really intimidated um, about cooking it, uh, which is so stupid, you know. If I'm, if I'm afraid of it, I should just, just sit down and be like, okay, let's start with something easy. How do you make the sticky rice? You know, if you could just make sticky rice alone, that's the shit, right? That's the best fucking rice there is. I don't want to hear anybody tell me it's not fucking healthy. I don't give a fuck. You know, <laughs> it's fucking delicious. Um, Korean cuisine has a lot of spicy food, which is great for losing weight. Since you tend to be full more quickly and drink more water, plus a lot of other health benefits. If you are interested, please check out. Uh, I can't, it's M-A-A-N 
G-C-H-I on YouTube. Oh, I got to do this. Uh, I guess I go. I guess this is a lady. Uh, she's a Korean housewife who is funny as hell and learns, uh, teaches you. You said learns you how to cook. It's teaches, teaches you how to cook great traditional and overall easy recipes. Now you got to teach me some Belgian words. I gave you one there, huh? Uh, recommendations are uh, Belgium words. Belginium. Uh, rep- recommendations are spicy pork stir fry. Jingsing chicken. I don't even know how to say this. It's J A J A M E O N G. Jajameong. That sounds like an annoying character in fucking Star Wars, which is black bean sauce, noodles, some other shit that I can't say. Korean barbecue, which I bet you've had before. Yeah, I have. What is that, the hacky American thing? I've had Korean food. I went to Korean barbecue. I literally just said that. Japanese cuisine is mostly salty, sweet. And umami. What does umami mean? There's that umami burger. Been to that. Flavors. Lots of vegetables. No butter. Soy sauce, which is amazing for you. And rich and, and rich taste. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. People, when I went over to Asia, man, they were fucking in shape. People are just in shape over there. You know? I bet if you're fat in Asia, they just mean, look at that rich motherfucker. He must be traveling. He's got enough money to get to an Applebee's. <laughs> I'm fucking, I, uh, oh, I'm too tired. I didn't want to say Applebee's. Applebee's is not a fattening place, is it? What's well, a good, oh, Jesus, Bill, just wrap up the podcast, okay? If I'm going to be this off right now, what the fuck's going to happen when I go to do my shows tonight? All right, now, Chinese food, I don't know a lot about. Uh, cool to know is that Chinese food in the States and Europe is not actual Chinese food. No, it isn't. That's their surreptitious way of trying to fucking kill us. That's what they're trying to do. They know we have the bomb, right? China is attacking us on two levels right now. Giving us food that's going to give us a heart attack, and they're going to fuck with our economy somehow. Somehow we're tied in with them, and they're going to pull the fucking rug out. Anyways, he said it's modified for our taste buds, but I'm guessing they have amazing stuff too. Yeah, I would think so. no oh, fuck, am I getting the hiccups here? Uh, Thai and Vietnamese food is mostly spring rolls. Jesus Christ, you're going, going through the whole continent here. Um, let me get some water. Ah, oh, fuck, completely missed the glass. Fucking bad angle here. Um, lastly, okay, no, Thai and Vietnamese, mostly spring rolls, spicy curry. I love how a guy from fucking Belgium is telling me about Asian food. Are you at least Asian? Lots of coriander, which I personally detest because it tasted of dishwasher product. Dishwasher product. Lastly, if you really want to go hardcore, try out North Korean food. It's basically starving yourself. You'll be able to see your ginger pube ding dong without a mirror again in no time. Pretty edgy, huh? Yes, you're making fun of the fact that they're under a dictator that doesn't feed them. Very edgy. Very edgy. Uh... Hope this helped. Go fuck yourself. Lots of love for Nia. And oh, Cleodio. Um, oh, shit. I guess I'll give that shit. You know, I love how Asia stops with people that we can, you know, it doesn't go into India. That's also Asia, right? Isn't the Middle East, isn't that also Asia? Russia? You know? Anyway, I like that guy in fucking Forrest Gump. All right. Hey, Billy Bean. Uh, been a fan of the podcast for a while. Now, yada, yada, I need some advice or just a fresh perspective 
on what to do. I'm 23. Ah, you're the prime of your life. Dropped out of high school like a dipshit at 17. Got my GED when I was 19. Ah, you're back in the game. You're back in the game. And I decided to start becoming a productive member of society. Everything was going good. Paycheck meant uh, the dating pool opened up. Tried a few jobs, etc. But now I'm 23. I quit my job to go to school. To go to school for advertising slash art at an artsy college. Should probably mention the only thing I'm truly good at is art, mainly pen and ink stuff. Well, dude, that's a great thing. And you can make a ton of fucking money doing that. It's just that schools, generally speaking, are not geared towards that. Um, so, yeah, you were fucking bored. And then you took shit that you weren't good at, made you feel like an asshole. You fucking drop out. You party for a few years. Right? Banged a couple of whois, and now you're coming back. Dude, you're fine. You're 23, dude. You're fine. Uh, that was eight months ago. I missed the sign. I missed the sign-up date and just lacked the general knowledge slash support on going about it. I spent six months grinding the living shit out of drawing, trying to achieve something I might be able to take some pride in. Didn't work. I was just going to say, you're being too hard on yourself. Your next line is, I'm hard on myself to the point where I'm thinking I'll never be handed a medal as the greatest that ever fucking lives, so why bother? Ah, oh, Jesus, dude. Well, listen, Richard Pryor is the greatest of all time, and I'll never come close to that guy. That, that's not going to stop me. You just try to see how close you can come. Some people you can't pass, and that's all right, you know? You just... Try to come as close to him. Try to just, like, try to go as high up the all-time ladder as you possibly can. And who knows? If you keep pushing yourself, listen, you you don't know what your limits are until you, you keep fucking throwing yourself out there, especially if you're hard on yourself. You're probably being way, you're way better than you think you are. You're going to be fine, all right? You, 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 you're depressing me here. Anyways, I've since quit drawing and now do nothing but troll around dating sites all day and hooking up with semi-decent-looking women, women as a way to stay positive and cure boredom. I'm not lazy. I've done primarily uh, manual labor jobs and know I have the back for it. But Jesus Christ, I can't force myself to pull the trigger on anything because I can't be the top of the crop or the very goddamn best. I won't be fulfilled. I've been standing at a crossroad with my dick in my hand for nearly a year. Any sort of advice would be fucking amazing. Don't hold back. If you think I need to be ripped a new one, I can handle it. Thanks. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, dude. You've got yourself into a completely paralyzed state here. It's like you got a, You just bought a guitar, and because you're not Jimi Hendrix, within the first two weeks, you're going to fucking quit. All right? If Jimi Hendrix did that, he wouldn't be Jimi Hendrix. All right? All right. Look, just... If you whatever you like to do in life, just go out and do it. All right? And enjoy it and don't put that level of pressure on yourself. Like what was you was your dad like the great Santini or something? I I'm trying to figure out why you like this, but like um the reason why you can't pull the trigger on on anything else in life is cuz you actually have a strong I think you have a strong sense on what makes you happy and what you want to do. All right? And you know that Despite the fact that you're being totally negative about your drawing, you know that that's what you want to do. And you have such a passion for it that you're that hard on yourself. And then also it's preventing you from getting a job at the fucking Costco or wherever the goddamn place you're going to end up fucking working at. Um, 
I would, I don't know, if I was you, I would continue drawing. I'd get into computers and all that. There's all kinds of stuff. I've seen people do drawings on computers, and they, they turn that into building websites, which helps to pay for their, their studio and the shit that they really want to do. There's, there's tons of money to make in the arts. Don't, don't let anybody ever fucking tell you that there isn't. Dude, just helping people make it in show business. All right? There's pe- people who get headshots, give acting classes and all that, just doing that shit. People make a small fucking fortune. So if you're actually a talented artist, you can actually, you're going to be fine. Um, you just have to stop beating the shit out of yourself. All right? So uh, just pay attention to that voice in your head. When it tells you you can't do something, just tell it to shut the fuck up. Basically, even if you have to say it out loud, you know, just make sure you're not looking at somebody you care about. As they're telling you a story, when you're thinking those thoughts, just, you know, maybe, maybe say it in your brain first. All right? Okay. Advice. No one to relate to. Jesus, these are fucking gloomy this week. All right. Advice. No one to relate to. Causing loneliness. All right. Hey, Billy Bats. Love the podcast. You stand up. Efforts for family. Uh, they all put a smile on my face. Well, that's great. Okay. Um, I'm sensing that all of a sudden now the smile's going to go away. I hope you read this because yeah, da, 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 da. my problem is I have no one to relate to. And I fear I might as well read this here. I hope you read this because I've been doing everything positive, but I just can't seem to get my life where I want it to be. It's a bit of a long road. So please bear with me. Oh, fuck. Is this a long email? Dude, you know, I can't read out loud. All right. My problem is I have no one to relate to. And I fear I might be ca- This might be causing me. To be lonely in life. I fear that if I continue the way I'm going, I may never get over it. I'm in my last semester of college in an engineering program and have made almost no friends throughout my entire stay at college. I am at the top of my classes and I'm lining up jobs at big tech companies. Now you're probably imagining some poindexter with the pocket pocket protector and all that. Actually, I was. That's exactly. That was the picture you were painting, sir. Uh, quite the opposite, actually. I've been working out for a few years now, and I have one, and I am one of the jacked people in my classes. All right, so now I'm picturing is that dude in American Psycho, <laughs> highly achieving, totally shredded, cannot relate to human beings. Um, I dress well, eat healthy. Please tell me you don't listen to Huey, uh, Huey Lewis in the news. Um, and always make sure. To keep myself clean, I feel like I might alienate my classmates from interacting with me. They probably think I'm just a jock in their class where it's quite the opposite. I'm into gaming, chess, and all of that. Dude, you're like a fucking uh, renaissance man here. So I figure I might try to interact with the opposite crowd, the non-geeky people. I know a way to meet people is to get out there and do something I, I like doing playing some sport or joining a club or volunteering. The problem is with my pr- program and my work, I have little time to be doing much else. The only free time I have is Friday or Saturday nights that I spend by myself playing video games or playing guitar because I have nothing else to do. Well, you could go out those nights. All right, it wasn't always this way. This is like a movie. When I was in high school, my life was completely the opposite. I didn't work out, eat healthy, work hard, or nothing. But I always found ways to make new friends, make people laugh, and start conversations. Now that I'm doing everything right, it seems my only problem is social. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. So you know what you're doing. You're just too busy. 
I fear once I graduate college, things will only get worse. I lost all of my fa- my family apart from my older brother who is in another country. So once I graduate college, I'll truly be alone. No one to grab a beer with. No one to help me move or anything. <laughs> help me move or anything. Despite all this, I try to be positive and thankful for what I have and what I have accomplished. Sorry for the long email and go fuck yourself. Yeah, dude. You just look. You already know how to make friends. I would. You need to make time to do it. Um, playing video games by yourself is very antisocial. Uh, playing guitar is always cool. That's fun. Why don't you play guitar with somebody else? Find somebody who plays drums or play bass. Get together, do some covers, you know, jam, fuck around, you know, drink some beers, invite some ladies over. You did, Every week you just add some more shit, right? You know, start taking bets. Open your own fucking uh, draft kinks, you know, maybe start selling coke. Just keep expanding your ring of... Uh, social interaction i'm obviously fucking with you but no i would uh there's a bunch of people that are into video games why don't you find somebody that you can play against can you do that anymore do kids do that or do you have to go online to do it you know is that like corny now doesn't two people not sit next to each other with an atari with the joystick and the one red button is are we past that i don't fucking know but it seems like you know how to do that stuff you just got busy and uh, with all your achievements, you you know, sometimes, you know, when you go after a goal, some things suffer. All right. I've talked about this numerous times when I was on, um, you know, when I was 36 years old, I was I was fucking living alone in a studio apartment that they called a one bedroom sleeping on a futon. I remember days just going by going, what the fuck have I done? The only thing I've worked on is trying to become a comedian. Everything else is at the starting line. And uh, over the next 10 years, I just worked on some shit like that. So that's all you need to do. All right. Jesus Christ. I'm starting to feel like Dr. Phil here. Um, All right. What do we got here? Third and goal. Broncos have the ball with three minutes left. And I'm doing a fucking podcast. Touchdown, Broncos. All right. All right, Broncos. Now, here you go. Celebrate and act like a bunch of fucking idiots when Ben Roethlisberger has three minutes left. This one is not over. All right, so what does this do? This puts them up by five. Hey, people in the crowd holding up two fingers like the crowd's going to look at them. Oh, yeah, yeah, we should go for two, shouldn't we? We shouldn't just be up by six. Thank you. Thank you, you in the fucking uh, mezzanine level. Ah, uh, fuck. Are we going to have to go to Denver? Is this going to be one more? One more. Brady, either way, this is going to be great. Either this, you get to see Brady versus uh, Peyton Manning one more time. I'm assuming he's retiring, which is stupid. Or you get to see another Patriots-Steelers uh, matchup with fucking Big Ben. Big Ben, not afraid of anything. Big Ben. Both great teams. All right, that's the podcast for this week. I apologize that my head was kind of all over the place. I don't know what flying and going to the fucking airport does to me. Um, but uh, it makes me even more fucking scatterbrained. So anyways, go fuck yourselves, and I will talk to you on Thursday, okay? All right. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the number one sports show. I'm doing my best, Paul Verzi. Uh, the Anything Better podcast with me, Bill Burr, Jake the Snake, Andrew Themelis, and unfortunately... Paul Verzi has morning sickness. <laughs> no, uh, from all those years of the Knicks fucking him.
No, uh, Paul Verzi is sick this week. Uh, whatever. I don't know what I, if he had what I had, it had it a few weeks ago, about a month ago, this stomach flu that was just, uh, it was epic. Um, anyway, but um, he's not going to be here this week, so you're going to have to deal with me. I'll try to talk to the other people as much as possible so you're not annoyed. Uh, anyways, let's talk about BetMGM with the best betting lines in the business. Bet $5. You get 158 bucks instantly. There's a fucking algorithm. Why not 155 or 160 158 bucks instantly. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile application for at least 5 bucks, and you will receive 158 thread in the needle instantly and additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Uh, how to get this offer? What you have to do is download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on, on iOS or Android. Uh, or visit betmgm.com, sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly credited account, place a wager in the amount of at least 5 bucks at standard odds price. Once you have placed a bet, you will receive 158 not 57 not 59 $158 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. All right, let's get to it here. Um, I'm here with Jake the Snake. And Andrew Themelis. All right, here we go. Before we get started, dude, I just had the dumbest fucking argument with my beautiful wife. <laughs> dude, I swear to God, she knows every single restaurant, every coffee shop. She knows every fucking, it's, it's literally, there's no way to surprise her. She goes online. Oh, I went online and I looked at the menu. Like, she, there's always something of, I've already been here. So for fucking 20 years, I've been trying to surprise her. All right. So I find this fucking coffee shop, right? Super like cute place where you can bring your, your, your wife or your girlfriend. You know, they got quiche and all those stupid little fucking muffins and a bunch of different drinks. It's a nice place. It's a little upstairs thing, right? So I tell her, you know, drop the kids off at school. I tell her, okay, I'm going to take you to this coffee shop. And the whole way over, she's like, you going here? Are we going to this place? It's just like, will you just, will you stop it? Just let me fucking do this. So we pull into the place and I'm like wincing, knowing somehow she's already been here with the girlfriend or they had a mommy meeting there or something. And I pull in, she's like, what is this place? I didn't know about this place. And I'm like, yes, fucking did it. Okay, first thing we do, we get out of the car. And they have like a front door, but you can't go in it. You got to go in the side door. And the first thing walks in, she's like, honey, honey, I think we're supposed to. I think we're, she's already telling me how to go into the fucking place that I've already been to. And I'm like, no, you got to go around the side. I just shoot her a look. And she starts laughing. <laughs> she starts laughing because this is what she does. So we go in there and her, she's like, oh, my God. Uh -huh. Like exactly what I wanted. This place is so cute. Uh, and all of this shit. And then you know what? You know what, Jake and Andrew? She finds out the name of the place. You know, McGillicuddy's or whatever. She's like, McGillicuddy's, McGillicuddy's, McGillicuddy's. Wait a minute. Is this the McGillicuddy's from downtown? And I'm going, oh, fuck. And then she goes up there and has to ask him. And then she comes back. It is. It is. It is. They just moved. <laughs> I was so fucking like, just heartbroken. 
You're going to need to just like, like there you go. All right. all right. So you haven't been here, but you've been here. And she just, and then all of a sudden I was being a dick. <laughs> and she said, what? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. No, it's just, dude, 20 years. Any gift I give her? I know what this is. I know what this is. Can you imagine if I did that? I, it's a cigar holder. Ah, they would fucking cry. <laughs> You're going to need to like sketch. They would literally fucking cry. She does it to me every, it's, it's literally Charlie Brown trying to kick the fucking football. And I just said to it today, I go, I am fucking done. I'm taking you to McDonald's. <laughs> from here on out you want to go to a fucking place you pick the place where you already know you've already been there you already know the fucking menu i am done i am done and then you know the whole rest of me is she's like <sighs> like i'm the dick mm-hmm. yeah it's you're gonna like need a, to like create to like try to start a business from scratch like start a business from scratch so it's like one of those like you know shows where they surprise people some douche like on instagram would be like well, what is this and they would film it and she would somehow see it yeah 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 you know what the greatest part about all of this at the end of all of this i'm gonna have to apologize (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't realize you know everything i I should (laughs) i should have realized that Uh, oh my god it's amazing how they know everything but you know it's just like can you apply that to picking these fucking playoff games for this fucking week (laughs) i would love it although i think i think we did pretty good last week yeah Um, hit the monday night special yeah we hit the monday night special paul mersey from beyond the puke and grave is very excited for all of you guys we did we hit the uh we hit the monday night special it's our second one this year um even with all the new uh you know restrictions I'm not going to keep using that as an excuse. Let's just talk about last week's playoffs. Um, I don't know. I didn't see anything. Uh, the Texans just beating the shit out of the Browns. Um, I don't know what to do with that game. Jake, what do I do with that? Do I just sit there and say the Browns were just not up for the fucking challenge? Or am I really, you know, because this the trap game I feel like this week is the way the Texans played last week and for some reason are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. They're just dangling that carrot. Come on, man. Jump on the line. And I'm supposed to be like, dude, they fucking totally dominated the Cleveland Browns, and now they're getting nine-and-a-half. Dude, it's a fucking luck. I don't like that. I completely agree. And also the Flack, I think Flacco kind of just like the clock ran out. He threw two pick sixes in the second half back to back and the game kind of just got out of hand. Um, but Houston, you know, Stroud is, um, Stroud is super impressive as well. So that's yes. what I like about Houston. Did um, they cover nine and a half though? It's a big number. They could easily backdoor cover it. Like it's telling Andrew, but um, oh God. yeah, I, I think, I, think I haven't had all- a backdoor cover this whole fucking year. If I take I the underdog, right. they just lose. If I take the favorite, you know, sometimes I win. But that backdoor cover, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, uh, maybe I haven't been paying attention, but I, I get bit a lot by that. But let's talk about all these games here before we uh, pick um, the fucking Eagles. Of, um, what? Yeah, what'd you think of Dallas getting blown out as well? Um, did they? They kind of got blown out in the first half and then played with them for the rest of the game, and I feel like that's what nobody's talking about. For as much as they got blown out, they let up 400 yards passing, and everybody's trying to tell me that was garbage time. I, I don't think the third quarter, the end of the second quarter into the third quarter was garbage time. I'll give you some of the fourth quarter where they probably started pulling some people out, 
But like at the end of the day, they were up 27 to nothing. They only won by 16. They let up 400 fucking yards. Um, you know, I, I am a big fan of Jordan Love, big fan of their offense and all of that type of stuff. But that secondary, I was, I wasn't too impressed with. Did they just like decide to stop trying? We're up 27. We can chill. Like, uh, so I don't, I don't find that victory over Dallas as, imp- as impressive. Like, I don't look at them like, you know, they're going to go in and be these world beaters and they're getting nine and a half against the yeah. 49ers. I fucking hate this week. And then he had the it, Eagles, dude, mercifully ripping the band off, bandaid off and just getting out of the playoffs. Then I love how they like Nick Sirianni's on the fucking hot seat. It's like they took his offensive and defensive coordinator. This is what happens when you go to a Super Bowl. Um, I still believe in that guy, and he's a fun guy to have. Just emotionally volatile. It was just like, oh, my God, people are having a ball with him. See ya! All that dumb shit he was doing. (laughs) And then like people had the meme, like, am I getting fired this week? And they had the stupid (laughs) nod that he did. When he does that nod, what I don't like about the nod is he looks dumb. <laughs> it's so crazy. But I know though. he isn't. Like, I don't I don't think it's uh I mean, what do you think happened down there? Somebody must have gotten hurt. I don't know. Somebody's trying to say, oh, you played they lost to somebody and they tried to say that they exposed him. I love when they say that. They exposed what <laughs> we my team figured you out, like the 49ers or something. Um I don't know, but I don't. I don't think that they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna get rid of that guy. Uh, although I will say, next year he does need to win early and often. And uh, I almost think he needs to win two playoff games next year. How brutal a job is that? Right. That's what I was gonna say. He, I mean, it's not as hard as trying goal. to surprise my wife with a new fucking restaurant, but I mean, it's it's definitely up there. <laughs> I mean, he made the Super Bowl and he still won 11 games this year. It's not like he they didn't have a decent season, you know, until the end there. But they still beat the Chiefs and the Dolphins and the Cowboys. They, they you know. Well, all right. So, segue, no, they, they, they did, McCarthy. but then they they just uh, something happened. I think Jalen Hurts was hurt. They didn't have the number one receiver. I think like there was something beyond that. And then everybody just looks at. I just love how every like. Sirianni was on inside the NFL and they were just talking about him like, dude, like, you know, you're the, you're the new fucking genius. Like, what are you doing here? And then like a month later, it's like, Nikki's on the hot seat. (laughs) (laughs) It's so quick to fire these guys. It's crazy. I I can't imagine how, well, what do you think about the Cowboys are going to stick with Mike McCaffrey? That's crazy. I was going to ask you. That's absolutely crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, I don't think Jerry Jones is a good owner. I just think he's an <laughs> owner with a lot of money. He's got a lot of money and he and he and he built this big, you know, he teach he treats the Dallas Cowboy fans like his side piece. Like how the, the those those French kings back in the day, they'd have like a side piece and they'd literally build a castle for her just to shut her up. I feel like that's what he did with that stadium. Like, look how big it is. This is the biggest goddamn bathroom in all football. We got the biggest fucking TV. And we got the biggest dome. This fucking place is big, bigger than anybody's shit. And then the, meanwhile, the Cowboys don't win anything. And they, but they can be proud of their stadium or something. Like, I, I, I don't think... Uh, 
I remember t- I took a tour of it and they said how Jerry had an express elevator from his suite to get down to the field as soon as possible because <laughs> he wants to be like all up in it when they win. He has like that Steinbrenner thing. Like I, I just I never liked owners like that where like when the team's losing, like they 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 publicly have to make issue a statement. Like what did Jerry say after that loss that was informative? That disappointing loss, he had to he had to go on camera and inform all all of us that he was indeed uh, upset with that disappointed. <laughs> it's like thanks, Jerry. I didn't think you were fucking doing cartwheels. Um, I don't know. Uh, I look at like trashing coaches, like trashing other comedians publicly. It's just not something I would do. You know what I mean? So it's a brutal job. It's a tough fucking job. Um. I don't know. I mean, when you when you lose when you're down 27 to nothing. All right. And some of the sloppy tackling and shit like that. It's like, is Mike McCarthy supposed to put a fucking helmet on, too? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I was surprised. I thought that they were going to. uh, You know, make a move. So uh, I would have loved to have been in Dallas when they said that they were keeping him and just put on sports talk radio (laughs) just to hear all these people. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I mean, they spent a lot of time hating him as the coach of the Packers. Not that they were like, you know, I mean, first stretch, obviously they were winning most of the games. But but yeah, like, I mean, then then they're like, all right, fine, we'll get him. Maybe here's where it'll work. And then they're like, oh, look, he's doing what he did with the Packers. So that's why right. there's very probably didn't very he, quick. Didn't he coach one with Aaron and, and get one? Didn't he get one? The one, yeah. He did. But that was the so one. Long. How many people get no, that? No, no, I know, I know. That was me. Oh, only yeah, a one Oscar. <laughs> I know. Bayless over here. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was surprised at that. I wasn't surprised that the Eagles are sticking with Sirianni. That would have been stupid yeah. to fire him. I agree. Um, but you're on paper, I don't know. But you I, I really feel like the, the offseason chatter is going to be all of these coaches. Um, yeah. That was a big deal. All the people. Belichick like, would have been great for the Cowboys on paper. You know, they have a good defense and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. it never worked with Jerry Jones, but like if he took that out of the equation, that would have been the perfect place for him. But you know, I think Jerry Jones wants a coach he can control. To your point. Yeah, and, I, and when is and he going to let go of that? Yeah, he fucking exactly. got he fucked it up with Jimmy Johnson. When did Al Davis get rid of that? You die. <laughs> right. Well, Al Davis, I don't, I don't think he was overly, uh, yeah, but he, he was another yeah, guy. Was he was different. Yeah, he had, well, he had, he was like the Flyers. He had this formula and it worked, and then he just never wavered from it, even when it wasn't. Philadelphia Flyers, like we beat the fuck out of the whole league and won two in a row. Let's keep doing. <laughs> they did that for like forty years, and they're like, all right, maybe it's time to switch it up. <laughs> Let's try to get some uh, goal scorers in here. Maybe try to do a little finessing. Um, <clears throat> Uh oh my god, I just got to text message from my wife. I'll smooth that over. Guys, I will smooth that over until she sees this podcast. Whatever. It's just frustration. Okay, here we go. Let's get into these games, gentlemen. Um Texans. This is so weird without Paul Verzi. This is like, you know. The starting quarterback is like down and I'm, I'm coming in off the bench. Uh, Texans plus nine and a half 
at the Ravens, minus nine and a half. The obvious pick here is the way that the Texans absolutely dominated last week. And the way that they've played all year is to take nine and a half points. But I just feel like, I don't know, it's like, does Vegas know something? Or is just this just a way to get money on both sides of the ball because everyone's going to take the Ravens? Um, I, I think could just be a point thing. Texans. I mean, Ravens. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, this is a coin oh, I, flip. To I, me. I, yeah, I just think With everyone's going to take the Texans. Actually, to your point, you talked about it earlier. Everyone's going to be all excited about Stroud and how they blew out Cleveland, and they think, "Oh, this will be a good game." But you know, I, I think um, that. Yeah, I just feel like that. that Are I they still the too young or whatever? Is this going to happen with experience? Everybody's healthy on the Ravens. Yeah, everybody's healthy. They thought they were going to get somebody back, but but he's not coming back. But they haven't had him all year. Um, but for the most part, all the teams are healthy. The only team with injury concerns we'll talk about later is the uh, is the Bills. All right, then I, I'm going to I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm not I'm not. That feels like a sucker bet to take the Texans plus nine and a half. And it also feels stupid to be laying nine and a half in the fucking playoffs. But uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm and going with, with the that, Ravens on that. And we we have Paul Verzi's picks, right? Who did Paul take? Paul took the Texans. <laughs> he did. All right. And, you know, yeah. look, who's better at picking games? Paul or me? We both know either Paul. way. Um, all right. Them. Packers. Plus nine and a half at the 49ers. Minus nine and a half. Jesus Christ. Nine and a half. Um. I just feel like this is going to be big boy football. They're not ready for it yet. 49ers have too many weapons. I know last week uh, was an impressive win, but I just feel like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, their problem is ownership. (laughs) And the level of control that he wants and then what he does to whoever, whoever is trying to coach his team. So I, I think the 49ers cover nine and a half. Jesus Christ, I'm laying 19 points after two games. What did Verzi take? Uh, he took the Packers. He he said that. Wow, he, he really believes in these people, huh? I, I don't right. know what the difference, like if if it was Packers seven and a half, like would, I mean, people still would take, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a weird number. I don't know what they're trying to do, if they're trying to get people off the Packers or on the Packers. It's, so this it's is what's happening. Paul is basically believing what he saw last week. And I am not because what I saw last week, I didn't see anybody that I thought was going to make it like without a doubt. They're going to the Super Bowl. Granted, I didn't watch that stupid. Uh, how funny was the way they they sold that that uh, pay-per-view playoff? This is one of my favorite thing. Become part of history. I was joking on Monday morning. Paul. I'll never forget where I was. <laughs> when I ordered that playoff game that was always free. Dude, they, they're going to work their way to a pay-per-view Super Bowl. That's what they want. They want the advertising money or the licensing, and then they want everyone at home. What if everyone, it's like they all bought tickets. <laughs> we'll charge five bucks, six bucks. A billion people watch. Even if there's four people per household, we're still going to clear an extra billion dollars. And then imagine how big our yachts and whores and cocaine could be. It's so fucking gross. I will slowly back away. You know what I'll do? If if they do that, I'm just going to wait 10, 14 days and I'll watch the Super Bowl for free on uh, on the fucking NFL network. They'll end up 
puking it back out the other side. They won't care. <laughs> um, all right. Baker Mayfield, just a good old boy. Uh, laying, oh, getting six and a half at the Lions, minus six and a half. I'm telling you, I'm Billy Favorites. I'm Billy Favorites this week. I'm, I'm leaning towards the Lions. Somebody, somebody knocked me off this. You're going away from your your guy Baker? I don't think He's so. so close. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, fuck that. You're right. Where's my sense of adventure? I feel like I'm going to be 0-3 with this pick, but I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying um, to Jake before we started, I was like, well, an underdog is going to win. I mean, maybe, likely, right? And it's like, all right, well, uh, who's who's it going to be? And that's why I that's kept That's a going great down. call. That's like a great somebody, call. Somebody's gonna somebody. It's not gonna be all favorites, most likely. And I don't look at the Chiefs and Bills even at two and a half. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a that's, pick. Em. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, I can be swayed in two somebody's seconds. Somebody's got a win, Bill. Somebody's got a six win. and a half. Six and a half. I'll 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 take some points. The Buccaneers. Yeah, they, could, they could cover that number. I think. Um, you know how they uh, say the Eagles got exposed. I feel like I'm getting exposed without having Paul Verzi here. Who did Paul take? Listen, Paul's not seeing that the way you're seeing it, he took the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, my God, dude. Right now, we're both – well, I can't say 3-0, 0-3. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. We have a, the exact opposite, 2-1-2, two, 2-1-1, one two, two however this is going to work out. All right, then the final one, the Monday night game, the Chiefs versus the Bills in Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills, for the love of fucking God, are they finally? Because I was rooting for them this year, and then once they started shitting the bed, I was just like, oh, this is what it feels like to be a Bills fan? I've been here before back in the day. This is the way it used to be being a Patriots fan. Well, kind of just now again. Um, I don't need this shit. So I kind of like backed off like it was just a, they were just playing annoying football. Um Jake, who do you have? You know what? You, you know what, dude? You know what? I I love the Bills and I want them to win, but this is about money. <laughs> okay? And until the fucking Bills prove their entire history wrong, I mean, I have to go with the Chiefs. I have to go with Patrick Mahomes. Um I almost said Andre Reed. Andy Reed and 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 Kelsey and those guys. I just Listen, who gives a fuck? This is the deal. My money, I'm going to bet the Chiefs. My hat, I'm rooting for the Bills. So I'm going with the Chiefs plus two and a half. Mm. Paul Verzi. Paul Verzi, what do you take? What's Verzi got? Uh, Verzi actually picked the Bills. (laughs) He did. Wow. (laughs) Head to head on every game. Has that ever happened before? I don't think so. Yeah. This is good, uh, though. So this is good. Replacing Paul Verzi. This is going to be like a definitive, like, unless, we, you know, it sucks if we both go two and two. I want, this is what I want. I want a four and oh, or oh and four. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Like when you fill out those surveys, they want that strongly disagree, strongly agree. You're looking for a very clear. Like, this is a, this is going to yeah. be, this is literally like blue state, red state. How much <laughs> differently they, they, well, they, they think, um, Okay. The, the leaf bills, blower guys here. It's huh? crazy. We're good. No, no. I'm I'm good. So let's let's do okay, the Monday night special. I need Paul Verzi on this one. Because I feel like, you know, last week we won because of him. 
he didn't uh, offer up anything on on that. Just oh, just he did weekly picks. Yeah, so dude, it, he offered up his insides since he was puking through all of this. You know, when he told me, he goes, guys, I can't do the podcast. I've been puking all night. And I wrote, I wrote to him, I go, oh, did you watch the Knicks last night? Yeah. And even in the midst, this is how diehard he is. Even in the midst of being that sick, he still had the energy to text. They've won seven of the last ten. <laughs> When I read the text, I didn't even know he was puking yet because I thought it was just Nick's talk. I had to scroll up to realize he even said he puked. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And- no. Listen, if you don't like Paul Verzi, you don't like America or Sicily or Greece. The man, the man is just simply an ambassador of, of positivity and support. That's why this show works. There's, a, there's the balance. I'm the curmudgeon. All right. So let's do uh, Chiefs Bills. Well, I, I don't like this because he picked the Bills, so I don't know what he would think about the special, but we're going to have to go with this. I like he, uh, he often goes against his weekly pick for the Monday night right. special if, if he feels like it's a good overall play. So All right, and let's you go easy here. On that each week. Mahomes and Allen are both going to throw one. What's the yeah. over-under? 45 and a half. I like the under because last time they played, they had that circus of a game. Um, and yeah, I just think everybody's... I'm sorry, is it supposed to be cold there? Is it supposed to be cold in Buffalo? That's all. Um, so that helps. Global warming. Am I right? Thank it's you, Joe Biden. <laughs> Probably still shoveling, too. Um, uh, and that kind of sucks they didn't play the game. In, how in, funny would that have been? Yeah, just, just running the ball the whole time. Remember those games when they would just play them and they would throw the ball and it would just get like, like, like a train came by and hit it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So I got I got Josh Allen, Josh Allen Myers to throw one. I got uh, I got Patrick Mahomes to uh, to throw one. Um, and I got the I got the under. Is that the is under. that good enough for a special? Yeah, that works. All right. Here's my prediction. I go zero four, but I hit the Monday night special. I redeem myself at the last second. Um, I love it. What happened? To me? The song. Oh, Billy favorites. I used to always take Paul. I used to beat Paul. Of course, when we didn't televise this, I beat him every year. Cause Paul just would, he didn't give a fuck what the line was. He just, this is, it's going to be a bloodbath. And I used to always take the underdogs and they would cover, you know, I, I mean, I didn't beat him by a bunch of games, but I would beat him. And he goes, you always fucking get me with this. And I just finally told him, I was like, Paul, you got to stop jumping on these giant lines. This is how not this is how much he's honed his game. He used to go hard the first week of college football. <laughs> you lost all those seniors. You had no idea who anybody was. But um I think he's proven over the years. Paul Verzi is Mr. October. Mm-hmm. The bookie does not want to pick up the phone when Paul Verzi's number shows up in October. That guy, what what was his record in October, dude? It was fucking insane. It was like 14 and 2. 13 and three or something. You don't have to look the stat up. He crushed it. We all know he crushed it. All right. Well, that has been uh, the special, not the special. This has been the, uh, the anything better podcast for the first time ever. Lou Gehrig sits out a game. I could say to myself, I said to myself, the luckiest gambler. 
in the world. Thank you so much for uh, for watching. And how about how about Jake the Snake's playoff beard? I mean, he looks like that guy, that gamer that comes in off the bench. Who is this guy? Changing the play at the line, stomping his foot like fucking. What's his face there? What's that? Peyton Manning going up top. Um, I'm going to be, we added a show, quick uh, promotion here, in Phoenix on February 28th. We added another show. Uh, I'm going to have a great time out there. Maybe go golfing. I got a skins game coming up. Guys, me and Paul Verzi versus Vinnie Mark. Vinnie Mark, the fucking pool shark with a golf club in his hand. He's going to try to take us for a bunch of money. So what I'm going to try to do is get a high handicap and then take lessons between now and May. (laughs) Try not to putt past the hole and fucking five putt. Um, Anyways, I am, uh, dude, I I hit the clubs all all this week. All right. And I got this whole new like 20 fucking minutes. And uh, it has been absolutely murdering. I've been talking about the, uh, the Epstein list. And all of that, and I am so excited to get out there. And I'm, I'm literally usually when when a break is coming to an end, I get sad that I have to go out on a road again. And I'm not. I'm like, I feel like I took some roids, you know, like you want to go run through a fucking wall, and see how real this is, right? Capture it one last time. No, am I the only guy out there? Um, all right, and then Paul Verzi's going to be in Point Pleasant, New Jersey, on January 26th. Yep. Uh, he's going to have a flat stomach club. too with all this puking, man. He's going to, he's going to be ready for the red carpet. All right. Old Paul, the puker will be on next week. Uh, we went exact opposite, exact opposite. So there should be a bunch of people out there either saying, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And Verzi does or vice versa. That's it, everybody. Uh, I appreciate you sticking with us without, uh, the man, the star of the show, the man who beats the book. Because he can sleep with his picks. Paul Verzi. That's it, everybody. Enjoy the playoff football. Uh, I got to go apologize to my wife. (laughs) All right, guys. I'll see you.